Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. just uh, come back from Thanksgiving. I have not really come back because I, I don't leave to go anywhere where you're, where you're, I'm sure your travels were really um, n- no problems at all, right? Uh, sure. Yeah, uh, we could say that. I mean, uh, they were smooth sailing in the sense that, you know, I didn't lose my bags or, or anything like that, but I definitely did not get back to new orleans at the the time (laughs) the time at which i was supposed to get back um or or even within 12 hours of that time Um, that's interesting that is that is not ideal as as they say yeah but it was just a slight delay uh on on route to several days of, of being at home with my family and eating delicious food and uh sitting uh, sitting on a couch or in a chair, uh, nursing my overfull stomach and uh, tearing through books. Oh, good! I, I I just read my first graphic novel, which I think. Oh, you, congratulations! You, yes, I read From Hell, and then I got it from the library, and immediately on on Thursday or Friday got got it in in real form. But um uh, yeah, I you, you know with your traveling, I don't know that that maybe you do kind of in the day or two after, but do you really have the same opportunity as other people to, you know, coming back from the family's house bring a a bag full of leftovers? That's a good question. Uh I, so the answer is sort of. Mm. Um I don't necessarily get a ton of mileage out of the bag of leftover turkey and stuffing and and all of that stuff, but we do have some uh, some food traditions within my family, uh, namely one of which is that uh, on the day before Thanksgiving, uh, my grandmother makes a gigantic pot of gumbo. Oh yeah. Um, and and that is arguably the day I look forward to in a year more than any other day. Mm. Uh, so you're, you're, yeah. So we get to eat gumbo on Wednesday night, and then we have you know pretty traditional Thanksgiving for the most part on Thursday. Uh, but this year, on Friday, uh, there, there was kind of a a lack of uh, planned family activities or anything like that. A bunch of people were. Uh, we're getting out of town early Saturday morning, so people wanted to take it pretty easy. So we went back to my grandparents' house for leftover night, and there was leftover Thanksgiving food, but there, you know, the main attraction, of course, is the leftover gumbo. Mm-hmm. Um, I made it my mission when I was home to uh, to become as close to ten percent oyster as possible. Oh, that's uh, a, that's a good a, goal. I think I did a very good job of it. I had oysters prepared many different ways. Mm. Um, so, you know, I kind of, I got, basically I get, you know, when I go home, I get one day 
I get a leftover day, but I don't get to ride off of, you know, uh, turkey sandwiches on dinner rolls with cranberry sauce and stuffing for a whole week or anything like that. Sure. Um, and, and I, I kind of wish I could because I really love those. I love Thanksgiving leftovers. They're fantastic. Yeah. So, and that's something that I, I kind of wanted to, to delve into, uh, because I, I do get the opportunity to go a couple days with them. Um, I actually just came home from work today. And right now, as we record, I have a, a, uh, Dutch oven of, uh, stock going, um, made from the, the remnants of the Turkey. Uh, and I, you know, one that I also really adore Thanksgiving leftovers and there's a veritable cottage industry of people telling you, Oh no, this is the way to make the Turkey sandwich. No, this is the way to make the Turkey sandwich. Um, but I kind of have the feeling that, uh, these leftovers might be a little overrated and it's less, oh. it's less the fault of the food and more the fault of they are not the best to reheat, I've I found. But maybe I'm doing it wrong. I think you are. So Thanksgiving leftovers, don't let anyone tell you how to do them. They are a lawless wasteland in the best way possible. Oh, okay. yeah, definitely. If definitely. You, if you want to put green beans on your turkey sandwich, you do it. Um, if you want to... Uh, if you want to do kind of a double down thing where you take two slices of uh, white meat turkey and you put stuffing and cranberry between them, mm. uh, live your life. Um, if you want to form stuffing into patties and kind of deep fry them and, and do do that as your sandwich bread, I, I think that maybe is going a little too far. But again, yeah. do what you want. But... I take your notion that Thanksgiving leftovers are hard to reheat or don't reheat well, and I reject it. Yeah. Uh, Which is good, because that means that there's hope for me yet that I might get it right at some point. Well, so so tell let's let's do this. How are you trying to reheat your various Thanksgiving leftovers? Am I so, correct to assume that it's all in the microwave? Yes, because it well one as we've we've discussed in this podcast before. I am uh, I, I've never been a what what are those things called a toaster oven person, mm-hmm. um, and the regular oven in the stovetop just there are certain things that I do obviously like soups when I'm home you can't do it at the office but soups uh, I will put back on the stovetop because just soup is really weird to reheat. Yes. Um, and and also when I was preparing a a dish the other day I put pizza in the in the oven because that's just a, a, that was a really good way to do it because I had a pizza stone in there it was more of a test but it turned out really well mm-hmm. but I I think that the Thanksgiving leftovers in part it could be the the hangover from if you make the stuff for Thanksgiving or the you know the hustle and bustle of that there's for me a a certain laziness that is involved and the last thing you want to do is is actually turn something on any more uh you know any more difficult than than that microwave so so yes yes i am and i would tend to believe that there's probably an issue with that i i agree that there is an issue with that and i would say shame on you 
you know, two weeks after we recorded a, an episode about the joys of cooking for yourself, yeah. uh, that that decried turning on your stove or your oven uh, as something that A, is hard, it's not, B, is incompatible with you being lazy, it's also not. Um, it's, it, it you can seems turn on the little... oven and then go sit on your couch and watch TV while it preheats. Sure. Yeah, well, it just it t- you know it takes a long time, and I when thinking of leftovers, one Guess wants what? them as soon as possible. Thanksgiving leftovers are worth it, I promise. Mm. But uh, you have things like I, I mean, right off the bat, I think of of mashed potatoes as something that are just never as good the the second time around, and with of with many of these not out of the microwave. Well, with many of these things, you come back to it and and they get um, dehydrated, which is in some ways that is that is the biggest danger of the microwave. But you know, yeah. what, what are you supposed to do with with mashed potatoes? I I just think that well, they are put them on this. Look the the real answer is you fire up your stove and you put them on the stove for a few minutes, it, and it's not that hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but but. You you hit on the correct reason why this stuff doesn't ever quite taste right when it comes out of the microwave as a, a reheating vessel. It's all about the moisture. Yeah. Nothing a microwave does nothing if not suck the moisture out of your food. So if you insist, if you must, if you really feel the need to reheat your Thanksgiving leftovers in the microwave and only in the microwave. There are a few things that you can do. Um, you for, for mashed potatoes, you can uh, add a little bit of butter or milk or cream or, or, or something, something that will keep that moist richness in the potatoes. That's not a thing that I know from Thanksgiving leftovers because we don't really have we don't have mashed potatoes, but hmm. that would be, I guess, how you do it. We get our pile of starch from oysters masca, uh, which is oysters baked and then broiled under a veritable mountain of breadcrumbs and Parmesan cheese. So, uh, it, it's a good way to do Thanksgiving. I promise. Yeah, uh, it, it for, sure sounds like it. Yeah. Uh, for for other things, I, I know that you know one of the the favorite the favorite players in the the Thanksgiving uh, in the Thanksgiving game is the stuffing, and mm-hmm. stuffing. You know, oddly enough, stuffing is the kind of thing that that has a lot of considerations to it because you you want stuffing to actually be simultaneously moist and not moist you want a little bit of give in the middle but you do want kind of a crusty crunchy outside layer honestly you know what and uh, the uh, in some ways stuffing is most like a, a brownie you 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 cook it in a similar way when you put it in kind of the pan mm-hmm. and you want a give but you also want it to definitely have a shape um, and, and so that one is, I mean, we leave, we leave brownies out on the, uh, you know, out on the counter, I guess, but we don't do that with, with stuffing. I guess it's cause it, 
has meat in it but um yeah yeah that's it's it's definitely a challenge no i mean people do put brownies in the microwave but it seems weird to think of of doing that so i gotta tell you stuffing you know stuffing is the perfect thing for the toaster oven it really Mm. is uh because you can kind of you can do in a few different ways if you have you know a heat safe bowl or something you can put that in the oven in the little oven um and heat it up that way you can put kind of an amorphous pile on a sheet of tin foil and put it in a like a little pan like a little uh baking pan and put it in um but uh, you know you would i would do the same thing with stuffing that you do with with the perfect way to reheat pizza which is in a pan on the stove so the bottom gets crispy but the top gets warmed through you would just then probably invert your stuffing back onto whatever plate you're going to eat it off of because you want the top to be crusty um but another so another thing like another microwaving thing that would be good to do would be to uh would actually be to take a, a wet paper towel and drape it over the top like if you're microwaving something in a bowl Uh, you drape a wet paper towel over the top of the bowl. So it, it helps kind of retain some, uh, some water in, in the actual dish. Yeah. I I think one thing that you're getting at here is, is the even heating perspective. I mean, focusing on moisture and keeping things the way they are is very important, but, but also that even heating and getting into things like the actual Turkey leftovers that you probably have, um, you, you you need to put that in the oven. You you really you really should do that because otherwise I don't oh, think you're going to get the even heat. That's interesting. So here here's my take, and, and and I'm not telling you how to how to eat your Thanksgiving leftovers. I'm gonna tell you how I eat my Thanksgiving leftovers. I don't ever want Thanksgiving turkey eaten after Thanksgiving Day to be hot. It you know what. This that's that's one thing that I wanted to get to later, but I'm you know pretty much in agreement with that. Why? Why? It's it's plenty good cold. You have cold you've cold meat throughout exactly. the whole year, and then you have this one day of and hot especially meat. if you're eating if you're if you're eating it in the truly ideal form of Thanksgiving leftovers, which is the leftover sandwich, or standing in front of your <laughs> fridge considering I mean, what else you want to eat. <laughs> yeah. Um, then, you know, if you eat like deli turkey sandwiches with sliced turkey any other day of the year, that turkey is probably cold. Um, you know, I think you want a a reminiscence. You want this to be like a, like the turkey sandwich you would eat in July, but just better. Um, Mm. I think what it, I think what this all comes down to for me and why I'm, why I'm a little dismissive of the desire to do it all in the microwave is that, you know, I, I want, I want people to enjoy their Thanksgiving leftovers as best as possible. And I really think that, you know, this is food that was lovingly prepared for you and your family or you and your friends by someone that you care about. And they put a lot of thought and a lot of time and a lot of effort into it. And, you know, slapping it in the microwave almost feels like a tad disrespectful. Um, yeah. You know, not not just to the person, but to the food and kind of mm. to yourself. 
give yourself, you know, I, I think a lot of people, a lot of people when they go to college kind of have a thought process where they think, all right, I know what level of effort it would take me to get a B. And I think I would probably be happy with that. Let me consider how much extra effort it would take to push that to an A minus or an A. And, and is that extra effort worth it for, for the better grade? And I think there's a lot of parallel to that here, except that uh, it's much easier to take your Thanksgiving leftovers from a B to an A plus than it is to take your B in accounting to an A minus. It's really, I mean, I can't, I just, I wanna, I wanna bang this drum over and over again. Turning your oven on or turning your stove on to reheat the food that your mother or father or grandmother or aunt or brother or you made on Thanksgiving and, and do it the quote unquote right way. Like it really is worth it. Yeah, and and I think that's that's the maybe one of the things that I, I wanted to get to here is just that <laughs> there is such a drop off between uh, the ceremony of Thanksgiving. It is it is a holiday, um, and then all of a sudden the the joke is like you're on your couch half asleep eating <laughs> eating a sandwich. It's such right. a it's such a difference. Now a lot of it is also if if uh, if you're working on the Friday or Monday comes and and uh you're taking it to the office you are really limited in in the way you can prepare those things there sure most people just have a a microwave but you know maybe that's you save it for home and you know take your salad to to take a salad to work without romaine lettuce for the time um right to and maybe you know you act like you're you're being healthy and you go home and and we didn't touch on gravy but that's something you like soup you should put put on the stovetop i get it mm-hmm. but maybe that's when you save that time I, yeah i i think that you know ultimately you make really good points which is that we should give it the care it it deserves um that said i i'm kind of all for if we're really saying like it is the laziest thing possible eat it cold i mean certainly the turkey is great cold the cranberry stuff is frequently cold as is and okay gravy's not going to work cold but you can you can start to play around a little bit great do um, not eat gravy cold please no i beg of then you. it's then it's just like gravy jello which didn't catch on you know i'm sure whenever jello tried to do it but Ugh. uh I'm, uh, I'm sure it didn't. But you know, one other thing is that I, I did want to touch on is, is we kind of talked about the the loss of moisture in the reheating process. But one thing that uh, you know is a sneaky um, you know demoisturizer that that I think gets overlooked anytime you talk about leftovers or you know, God forbid, you call it meal prep or or whatever it is, is your refrigerator is the real villain here because nothing sucks moisture out of things more so than than a refrigerator it is it is not good for basically anything that's why <laughs> that's that's why you know if, if you ask your your smart assistant of choice um hey what's the best way to to pres- you know to to uh keep 
um, bell peppers or something else, it's usually don't put in the fridge or if you must put it in the fridge, you know, wrap it in plastic or have a wet paper towel in there or something like that and make sure you, you mess around with the the settings in your in your uh, refrigerator because that thing will just crush any dreams you have of having something the next day. Well, those – no, no. So – so those things are not about refrigerators sucking out moisture. You know that, right? They're, it's about them keeping too much in. You're supposed to refrigerate bell peppers. No, uh, you, you, to be you clear are. for the listeners, you are supposed to refrigerate your bell peppers. Yeah, They're not so, onions or potatoes. Or yeah, tomatoes. don't don't leave them out. But them. it's yeah, but it's <laughs> the refrigerator is not not good for for keeping things. So just if you buy produce, eat it more quickly than you do. Yeah. Um, so Thanksgiving leftovers don't require a lot of effort, but the effort that you put into them, like you should take, you should make that effort and reward yourself as soon as it's done. Take your sandwich and go plop down on the couch like the disgusting blob that you are and watch a shitty Hallmark Christmas movie. They'll be on for the next 20,000 days uh, you've earned that but earn it yeah it will yeah. feel good I promise when you go eat your your leftover sandwich with bread that you've toasted and stuffing that you've you've crisped lovingly in a pan or in your toaster oven if that's how you get down it's how I get down yeah. uh, and, and some some cranberry sauce it will be better and you'll know you'll take a bite and you'll know that it's better and you can just give yourself a little mental high five because you earned that laziness that you're about to indulge in with your sandwich yeah no i think that um you know, Thanksgiving is our, our our biggest eating holiday and the most beautiful in many ways. And and the worst thing you can do is is take away the good faith from that by having weak leftovers. I think. Yep. Uh, all right. I feel like I've made it very clear that I value sandwiches more than a lot of things in my life. Mm. Um, so I probably shouldn't say anything more before certain family members start thinking that I like sandwiches more than I like them because it's not mm. true. Uh, but I do really love sandwiches. And if you love leftover sandwiches after Thanksgiving and have, you know, tips, tricks, uh, hacks. Actually, no, if you have hacks, get those away from us. We don't care. But if you have tips and tricks. If you have hacks, or, go or, outside with your firewood. Or... or or things that you know that you like to do that you think other people might enjoy doing with their uh, with their post turkey day leftovers. Come find us on Facebook or Twitter at Pretty Okay Pod and let us know. All right, now that I've said that, it's time for us to move on to that segment we do every week, where Pierce unburdens his soul and uh, and gets something off his chest. It's Pierce's sorry, and this is post Thanksgiving, so. Mm. A time ripe for, um, you know, potential things that one might need to apologize for, be they political arguments with family members or uh, getting way too drunk at the table with your family or, or, you know, abusing yourself by eating far too much pie. 
what what are you what are you looking to unburden yourself of this week? So it it actually doesn't have anything to do with Thanksgiving. It doesn't it doesn't have to do with with people I'm related to or or even people that I necessarily choose to commune with. Uh, this is actually something that happened at work. Um, so I am in the midst of with a a team of people. Um, putting together some various drafts of what will inevitably be a very important document. Um, and this important document was was that I was working on got reviewed by our leadership. And they were going through and making comments and edits and suggestions and, and everything else. And today I am I am apologizing for something that, that I wrote. Um, so as someone who was, uh, you know, had a, a, a fancy pants, um, you know, weak fake major of politics, not political science, because you can't test politics, mm-hmm. um, as, as they would point out to me in class, uh, I, I understand that words matter and using the same word 8,000 times when there are 8,000 different versions of that word is very boring to me. So one of the ways in drafting this document, I made it interesting is, or, or fascinating to use a better word, or just um, piquing my curiosity is use words like support. Don't use support or aid nonstop because it gets really boring. So there was a a comment on one of the sentences I wrote, um, and the comment was, "I don't know what this means." Um, the reason that comment was there is because I used the word buttressed. Um, apparently not everybody knows that that is a synonym for supported. Uh, and so I, you know, as, as we, uh, you know, as is always important, consider, consider your audience, um, and also consider the purpose of, of what you are doing or what you are writing. So that I apologize for use. Yeah. I apologize for using the word buttressed, but I'm glad I could buttress this podcast today by giving a, a very, uh, uh, a nice little apology. That is fantastic. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, I'll, I'll close, I'll close the show this week with a big idea from pop culture. And, um, I, I talked a few months ago about rewatching or in, in some cases taking in for the first time, uh, Harry Potter movies. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and that was something that I enjoyed a great deal. And, you know, I, I imagine I have discussed, uh, many times the binge mode podcast by the ringer. Well, Binge Mode has been going on an incredible journey through the entire Harry Potter universe for the last several months uh, and is currently doing their episodes on uh, the Deathly Hallows, the final book in the series. And uh, I I have a coworker who uh, also loves Binge Mode. Uh, We talked a lot about the Game of Thrones episodes and how that was kind of my inciting action to get me to finally watch Game of Thrones. Um, and then once they shifted to Harry Potter, talking about how much he loves the books and how he re-reads the books on a fairly regular basis, like maybe once a year even. Yeah. And I, I started getting it into my head um, that 
I, I might be interested in rereading one or two of the Harry Potter books because I'm not much of a rereader, but I also haven't read these books in, I, I think it's been 10 years since Deathly Hallows came out. I believe that was 2008. Yeah, I was going to say it's got to be, I mean, it was definitely before I went to college. So, um. and And I just, I remember... You know, I, I think most of them came out over the summer, at, you know, when I was off from school. And I just, I remember my incredible excitement at, you know, getting to spend a couple days tearing up a new Harry Potter book. Yeah. And so uh, while I was, uh, while I was back in New Orleans for Thanksgiving, I was not a social person who went out and, and visited with old friends from back home. Uh, I, I figure that I would have some time to do that at the end of the year around Christmas. But what I did do was spend uh, a lot of that recovery time after eating gumbo and every different preparation of oyster under the sun uh, was reread the uh, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince and Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows mm-hmm. in the course of three days. Yeah. Uh, and that's like, that's no small feat. I, I'm not, I'm not trying to brag on myself, but like, it's a lot of reading. It's, you know, 1400 pages thereabouts in three days. Um, but, you know, they really, they just, they sort of came back to me kind of like riding a bike you know, I had the context of these podcasts that I've been listening to to lean on a little bit as well. You know, I mean, as a 26 year old, they're just they're quick reads because they're not, you know, uh, they're they're full and the action is complex, but they're not, you know, they're not difficultly written books, um, and they're just. I, I'm. I think this is. I think I said this when I was talking about rewatching the movies. But these books are so incredible. The stories. I just. I was floored. I, I mean, I'm like I'm thinking back to the the late chapters of Deathly Hallows, which I read Saturday on a plane, mm. and like I'm getting emotional thinking about them. It was just I'm. I was blown away. I was floored by how good J.K. Rowling was at building a world and building compelling characters and telling this incredible story about love and making choices and, and the importance of making choices for yourself and the importance of friends and family and how family is not always just the people that you happen to be born onto a tree with. Um, and just, God damn, I love them so much. Yeah. Uh, I had, and just, Oh, whew. and you say this and I know that they came out before I, uh, before I finished high school because my homeroom teacher, my senior year of high school, uh, at one point went into quite the diatribe about how given like the, the Messiah model for books, um, you know, this was such a sellout by JK Rowling because, because you know, that he, you didn't, you didn't actually have the Messiah die. And I was like, and I remember saying one, 
this was her plan from the beginning. It's not like she changed it. I right. you know, because she wrote the 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 last chapter first. She says, and uh, you know, second. Well, he he does die, but not you know not completely. There's there's no spoiler alerts on, in Harry Potter, so I don't know. Really I think it's been uh, long enough. Yeah, it's been long enough, and 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 it, you know everybody's right, and that really goes into their point, which is this is. This is the most appreciated book ever written, aside from maybe the Bible and Quran, but those are <laughs> different categories. But aside from those, they, these are books that everybody from, you know, mm-hmm. from the time you can really read and understand a story to whatever age, everyone reads them and is like, wow, these are awesome. Not everyone can read the Song of Ice and Fire books because they are, you know, can get dull and they're very long and they're not appropriate for eight-year-olds. But That's true. Uh, but like this is something thing that is you know this is the gold standard and there will probably never be anything like it and i am not a big rereader or rewatcher because or traveling to the same place more than once because i always say well there are all these places that i need to go but something that that mattered to you at one time and you still think about it's probably worth going back and revisiting so that's uh you know hopefully hopefully i'll have i'll make time for it at some point but yeah, it, it was it was really great, and you know, they're being children's books. They are appropriate for children, like my ten year old cousin, who was not alive when a Harry Potter book was released, and who was also <laughs> reading Harry Potter books this weekend. Oh, I just, great. it was really cool. I yeah. If you haven't read them before, somehow, if you if you were under a rock in the 2000s go please go read them i i just i want you to have that experience i want you to feel all the things i felt over the weekend um it it's just it's such a rewarding journey and and, and jk rowling is just an astonishingly good storyteller yeah yeah, but don't don't go see the the new movie that came out. That's my understanding. Don't, don't <laughs> go do that. You know what? Just like I will not tell you how you should or shouldn't make your Thanksgiving sandwich, outside of saying that you really should use the effort to do it in the oven instead of in the microwave, I'm not going to tell you whether to see or not to see Fantastic Beasts: The Crimes of Grindelwald. I think I'm going to go see it just because I've been on a real kick lately. And so I'm I'm feeling kind of completist, um, but just uh, do what you want, do what you want. But hopefully, what you want involves reading the Harry Potter books. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Again. Yeah. Do that first. <laughs> um, all right. So that is the end of the show. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter at Pretty OK Pod or at our home on the web www.prettyokpod.com. There you will also find writing. I have said it in this outro a few times to try to get myself to make time to edit Ian's latest writing, but I actually did that today uh, as we're recording, and, and so you can go read about his uh, introduction to Kamasi Washington, which was really neat. Uh, and uh, I, I am working on uh, I'm working on a new Linkstravaganza. I think with the amount of reading material that I have built up in my Instapaper. It might be 172 links long. Uh, If that is the case, I apologize. Uh, But hopefully you'll find something that works for you in there. 
or if you don't care what we uh, put on the page with our, our typing fingers, you can uh, always subscribe to the show on your uh, podcast platform of choice. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. Uh, we're on Pocket Cast, which I just recently learned is owned by NPR and WNYC and the This American Life folks. That's kind of cool. Yeah, um, I need to check that out. You you spoke highly of it. Yes, I, I really like it. They they put out an update that I was a little flustered by at first, but now that I know my way around it better, I really enjoy it. Um, anyway, uh, if you use something besides those platforms and you can't find us, uh, drop us a line at itsprettyokay at gmail.com, and we'll try to figure out a way to make sure that you can get the pod where you want to listen to it. We will be back again, as always, next week to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. Thanks for listening.